Welcome to Rise Above Your Mind, a podcast dedicated to education, advocacy, and support for topics related to mental health and all challenges and obstacles that are found in the world today. Welcome back to another episode of Rise Above Your Mind. Today we are joined by Zoe Starr. Zoe, if you want to just introduce yourself real quick. Hi, my name is Zoe Starr. I go to Shenandoah University. I am a biology major and I'm also on the women's basketball team. Alongside that, I am the secretary here for our chapter of The Hidden Opponent. Zoe, it's awesome to have you here today. Super excited to dive into this very important topic which is going to be how to handle mental health while recovering from athletic injuries. Obviously, athletic injuries are something that athletes experience more commonly than any of us would like to admit. It is a very important and very common aspect of the game today. So oftentimes, the struggles behind our mental health while we're dealing with an athletic injury go further than just the physical recovery itself. There's also a form of mental recovery. And that is something that we're going to dive into today and kind of dissect. To begin, Zoe, just tell us a little bit about your journey and how you joined THO and what that means to you. So I actually followed the Hidden Point on Instagram before coming into college. And I saw that our president was a campus captain And I was interested in the whole subject to begin with. And I just reached out to him and it was history from there. That's awesome to hear. Do you just want to dive in a little bit to what injuries you had and how your mental health was affected by that? I know you've had two very different, but also very comparable knee surgeries. So if you just want to kind of run through that first ACL tear, and the toll that it took on your mental health? Yeah, of course. So my second game of my senior year, it was about two minutes into the last quarter, and I was just standing at the top of the key going to get a rebound, and it just popped. And in that moment, I knew right away it felt like my just knee exploded. In that moment, I knew the journey I had coming for me and what was yet to come because a few of my friends were also going through the same thing. My mental health, I would say my first ACL tear was very humbling. I think it really taught me, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this with COVID, that things can get taken away in a split second due to things that are out of your control. And knowing that, it sparked motivation for me to get back to where I wanted to be and to get back to playing a sport I absolutely love. So in that way, I think I was a little more positive just because it put a lot of things into perspective. But that being said, I passed all my return to sport tests, but I still had to go to PT three times a week, day in and day out, work hard. And at that five months mark, I just like I hit a wall and leaning on my support system, things were very hard because of COVID. 
I felt isolated because I couldn't see my friends. And I really had to rely on my physical therapists, especially my trainers. I know there was a period of time where I would leave training just crying because of how frustrated I was. But they all stuck by my side. And I think that really helped me just get through the hard times. I can relate to that a little bit. My situation was slightly different. My freshman year at Coke College, I went to turn with the ball and felt something really uncomfortable in my knee. Couldn't quite figure out what it was, but I just could not turn without that kind of grinding feeling. Went into the doctor and figured out that I had torn my right lateral meniscus in my right knee and was going to need surgery to either remove or repair that part of the meniscus based on the damage once they got in there. And at the time I had gone through a series of injuries leading up to that within the last year, I had messed up my MCL twice, had a sprained ankle. And then in April of my senior year, so about four months prior to tearing my meniscus, I had an emergency surgery to remove my appendix. So it was just a weird stretch of injury, get back. And it felt kind of exhausting. Mm -hmm. But fortunately for me, like you said, I had people that stuck by my side. And I think that's one of the biggest things when it comes to the mental aspect of injury recovery is finding individuals that are going to stick by your side. So after getting my knee surgery, I had about a two-month recovery, two, three-month recovery plan that the athletic trainers at Co. had set out for me. And most surgeries of this type are about a three-month recovery. And I was back playing soccer just over two months because the trainers at Co. believed in me. They wanted me to succeed. They wanted me to get back on the field and play my first college soccer game, which was something that I'd been working for my whole life. And just having that support behind me, having those individuals that really wanted to see me succeed, that wanted to see me back on the field, it, it makes it so much easier because at the beginning, I would find myself constantly questioning whether I was ever going to play soccer again. And I know that my meniscus surgery wasn't the end of the world for me, but at the time it felt like it, it was overwhelming and people recover from those people will play sports again. It's different. It's going to hurt. It's going to be a challenge, but people can do it. But right away you're like, can I do it? Am I going to be able to overcome this? Is this something that stopped me playing basketball ever again? And it's going to stop me from doing something that I've done my whole life. And that's a block that you have to get over before you can begin healing. And that was the biggest thing for me to realize was once I got the mindset that, oh, I can do this. I can recover from this. I can push myself physically while giving myself a break mentally to find that success, to find that path to recovery that was optimal for me. And I definitely agree with you that having that support system is so important 
when it comes to injury recovery, when it comes to any form of recovery that you're facing in your life, anything that you're trying to overcome, having a support system, like you said, your athletic trainers, your teammates, et cetera, your parents, those are the kind of people that you need in your corner that are ultimately going to help you reach recovery. Yeah, of course. And I think something that I've realized is if people can take you at your absolute worst and your absolute darkest times and stick by you no matter what, like those are the people who will be your biggest fans when you succeed. And those are the people you want to surround yourself with. Absolutely. I could not have said that better myself. The people that are going to see you when you're down on your luck, struggling to get through the day and are going to say, Hey, what can I do for you right now? Are the same people that you're going to want to celebrate with when you succeed. The first game that I played at Co. once I'd recovered was at Luther College. And it was a cold night. I remember every single detail so vividly because, you know, I'd been working towards being a college soccer player my whole life. And I remember I went on the field and had been on the field for about 30 seconds and had a kid come sliding through the back of my legs. And our athletic trainer, John Chandler, looked over from the sideline and was just like, if you get hurt again, I swear I'm going to be so upset. And just the look on his face when I came back off a couple minutes later at halftime. And we just kind of shared this moment where I was like, I'm back. Like, I feel good. I took the challenge. I wrote it. I'm, I'm feeling good. And we just kind of shared a moment of mutual, just like, let's do this. Like we made it back. You're good. You can take it. And just having that moment of personal success with him where he had pushed me so hard for the last two months, knowing that I could get there and having him, you know, behind me every step of the way was so huge for me as I went through recovery. Your recovery is amazing, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was so weird because it was fall of my freshman year. And so I was like, I am trying to adapt to being a college student, to living on campus, being away from my family for the first time ever. And I went to a school that's 15 minutes from my house. So it's not like I was forever away from my family, but I wasn't living at home. I was living on my own. I was now responsible for doing all of these other things that I didn't normally have to deal with. And I was on crutches for a week. And then I was still wearing a wrap and a brace for a couple of weeks after that and trying to make my way around campus when I could barely walk. My first week of class was not a fun time. So there was lots of aspects that really tested me mentally that challenged me to kind of hold that belief that I could do this, that I could get through this with the people that I had in my life. And I'm just so thankful for that support that I had. Yeah, of course. So I know you had a similar situation coming into college and dealing with 
yet another injury. So freshman year, you finally make it. You're in college. You're a college basketball player. Second ACL tear. What happened? It was at the end of the game again. And I was driving into the lane and just stepped and passed it out to one of my shooters. And with that step, I felt a pop and I wasn't denial, but I, I knew what had happened. I knew that it was going to be another nine month recovery. What emotions were going through your head in that moment? Like you said, there was denial. There was trying to come to terms with what your situation was going to be moving forward. How did those initial emotions, how did that affect you? Like what was going on in your mind right afterwards? So immediately when I fell, I was so angry that it happened again, that I just got up and walked off the court myself. I kind of sat there for a little bit. My athletic trainers came out, but I didn't say anything to them. And I just got up and walked off the court myself. And I made sure the girl made her shot. That was the first thing I said when I got back to the bench. She did. And I looked to my coach. I'm like, okay, that hurt a little bit, but I'm ready to go back in. And she said, no. And after that, I kind of processed what had happened, but I also pushed it into the back of my head so I could be in the moment and cheer for my team and still have fun while I was still able to jump around and move because I had so much adrenaline going. For me personally, when I first realized that I was going to need surgery, it was a bit of a different situation. I didn't necessarily feel anything pop. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, it hurts, but hopefully it's just a minor strain. The doctor will be like, yep, give it two, three weeks and you'll be fine. And I was sitting there after getting my MRI taken and he came in and he was like, yep, it's torn. We'll hop in in a couple of weeks, do this laparoscopically, three little slits into your knee, go through, remove the part that we need, pull it out, stitch you up, and you'll be good as new in two and a half, three months. And I was sitting there and I was just in shock. I was like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Sur- surgery? Like, whoa, I was just expecting it to be another minor knock and I'd be good to go. Mm-hmm. And when he said, you're going to need surgery, I just had this stunned look on my face. And I remember, and I was like, no, <laughs> you know, you're like, no, I don't need surgery. I'll be fine. And it definitely, that state of denial, that initial, just like, yeah, I'm good to go. Put me back in coach that you had where you're mentally telling yourself, no, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. My knee hurts. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Let me go back in. Let me drive and kick another time. We'll keep playing. And sometimes it takes a coach or a teammate or a parent to say, no, you need to take care of yourself in order for you to actually realize, oh, I need to take care of myself. And I think that's a very important thing that 
needs to become more normalized is a lot of players will get injured and they'll just brush it off and keep playing and then it'll get worse. And I know personally I'm guilty of this. I will strike a ball and feel something in my leg and I'll just keep practicing and then I'll get done with practice and I'll be like, yeah, I need ice. I need ibuprofen. I need stim tomorrow. I need Graston, all of it. And our trainers will be like, when did this happen? And I'll be like, Oh, about 20 minutes into practice. And I just kept going. And it's something that we're all guilty of as student athletes where we just want to play. We just want to step on the court, step on the field, play the sport that means so much to us. I definitely agree that us as student athletes have a tendency to push off things and say they're fine. I know at the beginning of the year when I was still recovering from my first one, I was running my head into the wall and my coach probably hated me for it. And I was so happy that I was playing again that even if I was in pain or I was sore or I just needed to take a playoff, like I was so grateful to be back on the court. I didn't want to. And it goes back to that night I got hurt again. Like I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I had because I look back at all the hard work that I've done to get there. Like it all kind of made sense in that moment. And I'm really grateful that I had that feeling. But at the same time, I'm also grateful that my coaches didn't let me burn myself out because I was just having too much fun. Yeah. And I think coach and teammates are not necessarily the most important in terms of physical recovery from an injury, but I would argue coaches and teammates are the most important in terms of the mental recovery, that aspect of coming to grips with your injury, overcoming the mental blocks that it places on you. And for me, with it being my freshman year, when I had that knee surgery, I felt like an outsider to a team that was looking to rebuild. We had a new coach, a huge class of freshmen coming in. And of the, I think there was probably 13, 14 freshmen that came in in my class. Every single guy got minutes I mean, we probably had six, seven, eight freshmen starting. The guys would kind of go out and all hang out together after practice. And I didn't really feel like I belonged because I wasn't on the field playing with them. You know, I spent the first two months of the year doing rehab. During practice, I would be on the sideline doing monster walks while they were going through drills. I would be trying to pass a soccer ball five yards. And that was a challenge for me while they were playing 11 v 11. And it became so difficult for me to feel like they really accepted me, even though I don't think any of them actually had any issues with me. And I think that's another big challenge that athletes face during their recovery is no longer doing those team activities they're not going to away games. They're not going to film sessions. They're not this, this, and this. I know it can be very difficult, especially 
with the situations that we both had coming in and having surgeries our freshman year where we're with this new group, we're trying to assimilate, we're trying to assimilate not just to the sports team, but to school itself, which is a whole different challenge. And I think that was so difficult for me. I don't know what your experience was with trying to assimilate to a new team, a new environment, and how your injury kind of played a role in that. I would say I had a similar experience. My freshman class has eight girls, so it was pretty big. And I think deep down, I had a fear of being an underdog and feeling like I wasn't enough in comparison to the girls who were already on the team and the girls who I was coming in with. And I think recovering from my first injury, that really got me through those really hard times where there was a lot of self-doubt because I didn't want to come in and already be known as that one injured player. But at the same time, it was hard and it was a big adjustment to make because I was juggling school and I was also recovering. I am on my third head coach in three years as a junior and we have two seniors on our team and they're on their fourth head coach in four years. So it's been an up and down battle for them. And every single year has come with its own challenges, its own adversity. And sometimes you got to look out for your teammates and having teammates that don't just want to see you succeed on the field and on the court, but that want to see you succeed in every aspect of your daily life that's when you become a truly great teammate. That's when you become the teammate that everybody wants to be around the teammate that everybody comes to when they're down the teammate that everybody knows, Hey, this person's got my back. And that's the teammate that I personally have always wanted to be. I think from personal experiences, dealing with adversity has made my connections with people a lot stronger. I was close to a lot of my teammates, but they banded around me and never let me go when I got hurt. And I also agree, like, those are the leaders and those are the people you not only want to surround yourself with, but who you want to be in turn as well. And I think being around those type of people who will have your back no matter what, and who almost know you as well as you know yourself, that's a goal of mine to be that person for someone else. And kind of bringing that full circle back to how you and I met, which is through the hidden opponent, the people that I have met through THO have become my biggest support system. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I know that I have anywhere between 10, 15, 20 people that if I have a bad practice, if I have a rough day, I can go to them and they'll be there for me. And having that support, it just changed my perspective on being a student athlete. That's one thing that I love so much about the hidden opponent. And I know there's other organizations um, such as the sidelined project that really focuses on student athletes while they're not on the field. And I 
think that's something that people need to understand as well is that they're not alone. Nobody's ever alone. And when it comes to injury recovery, when it comes to the mental challenges that come with that, there are so many resources out there. And sometimes you just have to ask. Sometimes you have to take a leap, DM someone on Instagram, message someone that you've never talked to before, reach out, look for support, because I guarantee you that there is somebody in your life that cares, that wants to be that support for you. And by reaching out, by looking for that support system, it can make the recovery process so much easier. Is there one piece of advice that you would give pre-injury Zoe that you would say to anybody that is dealing with an injury that's facing these mental challenges? So I don't actually have one piece. I have a few pieces. That's perfect. The more the merrier. Okay. I think the biggest thing is for number one, be okay working when no one's watching. And I know a lot of people, including myself sometimes, just want some outside validation. But at the end of the day, when you lie in bed, it's you, your pillow, and no one else. And you have to be okay with confiding in yourself, being your biggest fan no matter what, and instilling that confidence from within. And I've learned that, like, I've become my biggest fan and I've become okay with working when no one's watching because I know what I'm doing. And while you're working, I promise the results are going to come. My next piece of advice would say just to take care of yourself. I know I'm the type of person to like, if I'm not exercising, I'm not eating as much as I should And obviously when you're recovering from an injury, your body is working very, very hard internally and you need that food. You need the nutrition, you need the nutrients, the basic nutrients to just help your body recover. And that also comes a lot with patience. Like your body is working so hard, be patient with it and just take care of yourself. And that's getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, eating enough. These small little things go a really long way. And with that, just celebrate the small wins, whether that's walking again or even just getting enough sleep for the day or eating enough or drinking enough water. Those are small wins that do add up in the long run. When I was going through my steps of recovery, my rehab process, every single week we would, I would lay down and I would bend my knee and I would see how far I could bend it before I had discomfort. And when I hit 90 degrees, I was ecstatic. You know, I was like, Hey, like this is going well, I've hit 90 degrees and I kept going and I kept going. And every week just seeing those results, seeing my range of motion improved four degrees this week. It made me feel so happy. And it doesn't even have to be victories related to your physical health. Celebrating the small victories with your mental health is just as, if not more important 
for me, I felt like an outsider. Like I mentioned, I didn't feel like I belonged with the team. Felt I was just the injured guy that did his rehab on the side of the field and everybody else was together. By the time that I was back on the field, I had grown to appreciate my teammates more than I probably would have if I had not gone through that surgery. Celebrating the physical, the mental, everything is so important because if you tear your ACL and you say, all right, six months from now, I'm going to play basketball again. That's a big goal. But if you say two weeks from now, I'm going to walk without a limb. Four weeks from now, I'm going to walk on my own and feel comfortable. When you set those small goals for yourself, it makes it so much easier because you can see that growth. If you just say, I'm going to be recovered in six months and that's your only goal, every single day for those six months, you're going to sit there and think, well, I haven't accomplished anything. I still can't play. Those small goals help you ride that wave to wherever you want to go, whether that's getting back on the field, in the classroom, getting back on the court, wherever you want to go. Because like you said, if you set one overarching goal for the whole recovery period, you're going to hit points where you just feel like you're not going anywhere. But if you are constantly creating small goals, it helps keep that momentum and that wave of motivation going. Absolutely. And I think that it's important to remember that you've come a long way throughout your recovery process. Once you get that mentality that I'm going to attack this every single day, I am going to wake up today and choose to be the best version of myself. And if I make a mistake, that's great. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to build from it. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing and try to do it better. And that's all that we can really ask for is to give 110% of what you can give. Not 110% of what the world needs, but 110% of what you can give the world. And that was something that really just resonated with me throughout my recovery. Yeah, kind of just to build off of that, I guess, mental toughness. I have learned to thrive under less than ideal condition. And when I say thrive, I mean the days when I don't want to get out of bed, when I just basically want to throw a pity party for myself. Those are the days where I feel the best at PT. And I've also learned that like doing one extra rep. So let's say you're doing three sets of 10 deadlifting, for example, and you do one extra rep in each set, you end up doing 33 reps in total. And while that seems really, really small, when you look at the big picture, when you're returning to your sport and you're 99.9% .9 confident that you've done everything you can, those extra reps will give you the confidence, that 0.1% confidence that tells you, that tells your head, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Mental toughness is something that can't be taken lightly. And no matter what adversity hits you, you're going to get over it. And the more that 
coaches, athletic departments, organizations like the hidden opponent can continue to promote that concept of mental toughness in athletics, the easier it's going to be for people to come together and celebrate each other's successes when it comes to mental health. And one thing I want to say about mental toughness, mental toughness does not always have to be run your head into the wall, do 10 extra set, extra reps. Mental toughness can just be having the discipline to say, okay, I really don't want to get out of bed. I don't really want to eat anything. I don't really have to drink anything. Like having that discipline to combat those thoughts already makes you mentally tough. I could not have said it better myself that mental toughness is so important to success in athletics and success with injury recovery and everything that comes with that. I just want to give a big thank you to Zoe for joining us today. She is an amazing individual and I'm so excited to see all of the great work that she is going to continue doing through the hidden opponent and at Shenandoah university. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this amazing opportunity. I just wanted to leave everyone with one last thing. If you're going through a similar situation or have similar feelings, just remember you're not alone and that your support system will be there for you no matter what. Once again, I just want to give a huge thank you to Zoe Starr for joining us on this week's episode of Rise Above Your Mind. I hope you all enjoyed listening and I hope you all have a great week. Thank you.